0: Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku the host of the sexy aging podcast and author of my menopause memoir I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it in my podcast you'll have all your questions on midlife health fitness longevity career changes and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favorite podcasts. My Sexy Ageing Lifestyle course is officially live and online at www.sexyaging.com. Subscribe and use the podcast listeners discount code sexyaging 10 to learn all you need to know about changes in hormones and what you can do about it. There's lots of fitness training and nutrition advice and downloadable PDFs to set you on the right path to feeling sexy.
1: What do you do when your mom has had Alzheimer's for more than a decade and you suddenly become her primary caregiver? When I went looking for answers, I ended up creating a podcast. Welcome to Fading Memories. I'm your host, Jen. This podcast offers advice, wisdom, and hope from caregivers who have lived the experience and survived to tell the tale. Think of us as your caregiver best friend. We discuss all things caregiving, self-care, aging well, brain health, and have fun along the way. You might not be able to call us at 2 a.m. to vent, but we're here for you anyway. Tune in weekly for inspiration to help you manage your caregiving journey. Find Fading Memories wherever you get your podcasts and also on YouTube.
0: A year ago, for this podcast, I interviewed Dr. Rebecca Lewis from the Newsome Clinic in the UK. We discussed HRT, also known as MHT, menopause hormone therapy. This was my first conversation on this topic. Let's say I was educated. It also helped me understand that there are many women out there who are not aware of the options and reputable resources available to them as they enter the menopause transition, including me. As a fitness professional I was able to figure out the science on the hormonal changes and how best to mitigate the symptoms with lifestyle and nutrition adjustments, but even I wasn't immune to some of the symptoms that negatively impacted my life in a big way. I made a decision in the best interest of my personal wellness and that of my family and relationships that I would start MHT and so I've had MHT support for the past nine months and it's been great. This message is not about telling women that you should be on MHT, but that that it's an option. And more importantly, research and educate yourself with credible resources. In another episode with Amanda Thebe, another fitness professional based in Canada, we discuss how MHT wasn't an option for her, but for all the other foundations of support, exercise, adequate nutrition, rest, recovery, and a stress-free life. We agree on these as excellent tools for symptom support. Throughout this podcast, I've had many credible guests that can help to educate and inform. And so I was very happy to interview Dr. Shazadi Harper from the Harper Clinic in the UK to help me understand one of my questions. What's the tea on testosterone as another hormone support aid during menopause? Dr. Shazadi Harper is a menopause and wellness doctor specialising in optimising women's health. She's also the co-author of the book, The Perimenopause Solution with Emma Bardwell. Dr. Shazadi was recently one of the team of powerhouse women, including Davina McCall, Lisa Snowden, Mariella Frostrup, just to name a few, advocating for better menopause support in Parliament for women in the UK. I know this episode is going to help with considering testosterone as part of your toolkit, and I will pop those recommended podcast episodes into the show notes, as well as how you can find Dr. Shazadi's book. I hope you enjoy it. And welcoming to the sexy aging podcast. I have a very esteemed guest. I'm pretty excited, but I'm just going to read something first. It's it goes like this: sexy, confident, strong. <laughs> Not words we generally use to describe how we feel when menopause hits us, but they should be. Amen, sister. <laughs> and this is from Dr. Shazadi Harper's website landing page. Um, I read that. That was the first thing that popped up and I'm like, yes, yes, this is the way things are. And when we can figure out what's going on with our bodies and the opportunities that we have to, you know, get through this menopause um, period, then yay, life is good. So welcome to the show, Dr. Shazadi. It's great to have you. It's an honor to have you.
1: Oh, thank you, Tracy. Absolutely. You know, I'm very much about that, you know, midlife can be a new beginning, a new start. It definitely is not end of life. And so many women are experiencing, you know, sort of the start of new relationships, a new phase of their life. And, and I think, you know, you, you said something um, absolutely correct in there, you know, once we figure out what's going on in our bodies. And I think because, you know, we haven't been brought up with a good understanding around menopause and perimenopause, that you know, when we get to that stage in life, it can often feel like a curveball, frightening. Um, you know, and the only thing we might have been told about it might be sort of hot flushes, and the, neg- the narrative's been quite negative in the past. So, um, so yeah, so. A bit about me. I am a medical doctor. I'm Dr. Shazadi Harper. You know, I was a sort of GP, you know, family medicine doctor in Oxford for 25 years. That makes me sound old, but you know, um, and I graduated from London. But you know, the reason why I kind of changed career tact was that you know, when I was a younger doctor, I, I used to see women over the age of 40, sort of coming into my office, and with you know, with with symptoms which seemed really quite vague, you know, they may be tired, some might have had hot flushes, some were anxious, some weren't sleeping, itchy skin, you know, you'd end up sending them to one specialist, to another specialist, Uh, and I just felt they weren't getting that care that they needed, and, and I wanted to be able to join the dots, and also, you know, my mother has dementia, for me, that's my superpower, is my memory, so there's no way I wanted to lose that, but you know, from a vanity, if that's what you want to call it, point of view, I saw how women seem to just age overnight. You know, become yeah. frumpy and matronly, and 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 they seem to gain weight. They they, they develop jowls, or you know, they just lost that sort of sparkle and shine. And you know, I was single, you know, and still wanting to mingle, and I thought to myself. <laughs> You know, I can't, I can't be doing that. You know, that can't be happening. You know, I've still got a lot of living to do. Um, so I thought I went out of my way to be, you know, sort of look into what was going on, really educate myself, um, go on training courses. Plus I've got five younger sisters. So I knew I wasn't gonna learn from older, older sisters because I am that older sister. Um, and so that's what brought me to starting my own clinic, my own service. And really, I thought, you know, I wanted to share with them in with women, you know, everything that I had kind of um, learned, put it together with my medical training. And so really give the women a sort of a 360 degree approach and let's not miss out sex, vaginal health, libido in all of this, because, yes, when we're 25, we do think that a 40 or 50 or 60 year old shouldn't be having sex. But when you get to 40, hang on, you know, you think, wow,
0: you're still young. Yeah, you feel it on the inside, right? But also, I think for a lot, like I've said this before, a lot of my 40-year-old friends and even me back in the 40s, I'm in my 50s now, but um, you actually feel amazing, like you You've got it all up here. You've got it together. Um, The kids are grown up a little bit. So, you know, no one's hanging off your arms and legs. Um, You get to the gym as often as you want to, if if you're not, you know, overwhelmed with work. But if you do manage to fit in these lifestyle things that make you feel really good about yourself. Um, And and it's kind of like, I'm 40, this is happening, (laughs) right? A lot of women feel that way. And then they kind of hit the wall. When they don't yeah. know that it's perimenopause and it's like the late forties, around about then, and then, like you say, they kind of hibernate or start to shut down, and it gets really messy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we think that once we get to forty um, and into our forties, we're going to sort of have everything, um, you know, sort of in control. You know, we're going to be a bit more uh, on top of things. We're climbing to the tops of our careers. You know, like you said, and then hormones start to change and hang on you think well well, what's going on here Mm. um i'm feeling a bit more overwhelmed um you know i'm not sleeping so well you know i thought i had my shit together but actually it feels like it's all falling apart um I'm, I'm gaining weight. I don't have the energy to go to the gym. What's going on? And you start to kind of fade away and you do lose your confidence in yourself. And, um, you, you know, you know, all of that sort of negative narrative from the past, when you saw your partner, when partners were going off with younger women or, yeah. you know, buying their Ferrari, that midlife crisis. And you're starting to think, well, you know, is this what's going on now? I mean, um, you know, w- and, and, and I think that um it's because of not knowing really, you know, it and, and I think you know knowledge is power and knowing what's going on, even if it's tough and it's challenging, can there can be a sigh of relief to get that understanding it hang on, there are biochemical changes going on in my body. This is you know sort of body biochemistry. Um, I'm not going crazy, um, and and I'm not alone. And I think these things, whilst it's not going to suddenly turn off your hot flushes. It's not going to suddenly, you know, um, change your, you know, it's, it's not going to suddenly change um, those physical symptoms in an instant, but just having that understanding about them makes you think, okay, I can get through this and, yeah. and also have the tools.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is a really good opportunity to kind of segue into the t- main topic for today, which is um, really interesting. I've had a lot of Uh, friends and listeners to the podcast actually reach out and say, are you ever going to talk about this? And this is the thing we're going to talk about today. So just to frame how we got here, the podcast is really a very personal narrative of my experience going through perimenopause, Um, because every time I reach out to someone to talk about a particular topic, I am really truly learning myself or someone has said oh could you ask someone or can you talk to someone about skincare about why my hair's all falling out or and then I'm like yeah well that's me too so yes let me find someone to talk to and then we have these conversations this time last year I was able to talk to a doctor in the UK um, for the podcast about hrt and i'd never heard of hrt (laughs) so i had a full-on education around estrogen and progesterone as hormonal replacement therapy and because i felt it was my duty as now i'm in an educative perspective uh i should try it out and um i can hands down and i've said this a few times it definitely was the icing on the cake for me and i continue to take it today the next question is, and I've been thinking about it. My husband has even been saying to me, "Are you going to find out about testosterone or kind of the missing link?" So, I want to open this up and um, get your valued and esteemed perspective on, you know, what's the what's what's so great about adding testosterone as HRT? Okay, so I think I think um,
1: first of all, I want to say about you know using that term the missing link it's not always a missing link for every woman okay yeah. um because I don't want women then to sort of think well I'm not on it am I missing out or should I be on it or something like that it's an, it's a conversation to be had with your healthcare professional um but yes you know testosterone is another sex hormone it is something that we as women have you know throughout life we actually produce more of it we do oestrogen yeah. no 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 throughout our our sort of reproductive history we actually produce more testosterone than we do oestrogen um and it's made from the ovaries and from the adrenal glands but it's converted um into most of it is converted into oestrogen okay so that's why you know that's why we you know testosterone our levels are quite low you know the free the active part of it in our in our Um, bodies but you know our bodies do produce a lot of it and peripherally it gets converted into estrogen Um, and and so but what happens is you know when we get to menopause and our ovaries stop producing estrogen and progesterone we can be a bit more what we call testosterone dominant in the sense of have more circulating to give us some of those negative side effects which we like that hairy chin the spots and things but testosterone is really important from the point of view of, um, you know, so many factors, and it's not just libido. And, but libido is also complicated. Libido is not an on-off switch when it comes to women. You know, it's about their mental health, their mental psychology, the way that they feel physically, you know, energy, um, all of that, all of those aspects. So, testosterone levels start to gradually decline in women from their 20s in, you know, to into their 40s and 50s. And by the time we're in our 40s and 50s, we've got half the amount of what we used to have in our 20s. Okay. Um, And what it does is, is it helps with things like our muscle mass, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of, so stamina, energy, metabolism but also it helps to release dopamine in the brain which um, helps with your brain sharpness focus mood helps with your bone health with your urogenital health, we have testosterone receptors in our vulva, vagina. Um, so, so yes, you know it very much has a part to play with libido. But you know, I often say it's more than libido. It, it's your your mind, your memory, your metabolism, your muscles. Um, you know, and all of that then also then feeds into the way that you feel about yourself, that sexiness, mm-hmm. that confidence, um, and, and 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 you know your libido.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is getting good. Um, I know that um, it's a really interesting statistic that women in their 40s, 50s, 60s have the highest rate of, well, that's where they tend to divorce <laughs> their partners. And there are, it does seem to be a relationship between the menopause transition and this massive life change that people make. Now, talking to some of my friends and colleagues and that um low libido comes up now and i think there is a lot of shame around it people generally don't want to talk about the fact that they're not feeling it and they're not feeling like themselves and although they have you know loving feelings towards their partner they're just like physically not keen <laughs> i don't even know how to say this <laughs> um and so the conversation's starting to come up and obviously you know um this is probably not just a testosterone factor so um you know what's actually happening that causes a drop in libido can you just sort of frame that for us as if yeah. you know we're having this conversation for the very first time cuz like we are
1: <laughs> yeah. we, we 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 are so yeah. so um you know low libido so one in three of us you know through our lifetime will experience low libido you know you you have low libido when you are feeling down when you know you it might be that you're stressed you might be a carer at home you know work stresses you're not sleeping so well you might go through a breakup so at some point in our lifespan women do experience what we call low libido or loss of sexual desire um and it it, it is you know it it the definition of it is are things like you're not really thinking about sex you know you don't have those kind of sexy thoughts you're not you know i don't know who your 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 hollywood crush might be bradley cooper jennifer lopez whoever you know you're not really you know you just don't feel you just don't feel that you have your mojo but when you get into your 40s you know the the rates increase And there are a number of factors around it. You know, you you mentioned that last year you'd spoken about HRT and talked about the decline in oestrogen and progesterone. So when you are into your perimenopause, a number of factors start to happen. Um, You know, sleep because of the decline in progesterone hormones. So insomnia is is, is a feature. So many women are tired. Fatigue is a huge factor, you know, that we sometimes underestimate. And, you know, women just soldier on putting it down to life, really, you know. um, Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it may well be life is going on. You might be that sandwich generation where you've got elderly parents that you're looking after, plus you've got your children's school run, or or they're going off to university. Um, So you know, there's fatigue. um, There's also anxiety. You know, a, a sort of an illogical, irrational anxiety that women can develop. You know, some women say, "I don't, I don't want to drive anymore," or, or they yeah. have the fear of being in a in a closed room. My mother would you know wouldn't have a bath anymore without the door being unlocked, you know, which you know, which which many women get sort of that kind of sort of anxiety, panic attacks. Also, you know, your body starts to change. Um, you gain weight. Women, your metabolism naturally slows. We are aging as well. You know, I have to keep saying this to 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 to, to women that um you know we the aging process is happening, no matter how amazing you might look on the outside, internally there is an aging process going on. So weight gain, you know, your skin might change, your hair may, might change, but also the drop in estrogen, um, not only does it affect the collagen in your skin and your hair, but vaginal and vulval dryness. Yeah, So let's not ask. forget the vagina, yeah. you know, it, mm-hmm. you lose that lubrication, you lose that moisture, the vaginal walls become thinner, more dry. Um, and, and so all of these factors feed into your desire, your desire, yeah. like you said, you might be in a really loving relationship, but you just don't feel up to it. And what starts to happen is these women start to, um, I was gonna say play games, and I don't mean that in at all a kind of a manipulative way. I just mean in the sense of um, avoidance behavior, that, that they may stay and watch TV for a bit longer whilst their partner goes up to bed, or they'll go up to bed, and then pretend to be asleep when their partner comes in to avoid that difficult conversation because they don't understand what's going on in their body. Um, And we have two types of drive, that initiative drive and reactive drive. Initiative is that jumping on your partner drive Mm. and reactive is, oh, my body's responding drive. So most women, many women will lose the initiative drive. okay, But the reactive drive is still there. And often when I talk to women, um and I explained this there's this huge sigh of relief that they're thinking that well when my partner makes a move my body's going to respond you know because they've lost some of that confidence in their own body and also if their partner's there and having this conversation their partner's thinking phew you know she's not going to slap me and um and also it helps to explain that look you know you're not being rejected it's not that she doesn't love you this is what's going on in her body because often partners and I'm gonna say particularly male partners do make it a little bit about them in the sense of oh my god, you know I does she not find me attractive anymore or does she not love me and 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 I think just having that explanation um helps both to understand that you know there are things going on and also you know that drop in hormones and testosterone in particular, Means that it's harder to orgasm, or it takes longer to orgasm, and maybe that strength of orgasm isn't as strong as it used to be. So, if you don't have that understanding, sometimes you can be in the situation where your partner's thinking, "Well, why, why, why is it taking longer?" And um, you know, they almost sort of measure themselves on how how quickly how, how, how quickly yeah yeah <clears throat> and, and and she's starting to think. Oh my god! Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I can feel the stress now. Um, Okay, and then and then and then that makes things worse. Makes you sort of dry up, and then you know you may end up faking it just to keep the calm in the situation.
0: Yeah. Hey, this is an amazing conversation. I can already visualize some of my girlfriends going, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" What you're saying because you're just obviously you're really straight up. Now I've got lots of questions from here. So, um question number one, if you don't use it, do you lose it?
1: Yes, I would say that. Okay. Okay, So that's
0: a physical thing, right?
1: That's a physical thing. So, you know, even if you don't have a partner, you don't need to, you know, use it with a partner, you know, using a sex toy can help because what orgasms do is they help with your, they, they help increase blood flow. They, um, it's a bit like, I was going to say, like muscle memory in the sense of, you know, it helps so sort of the physical pelvic floor contraction. So it helps with your pelvic floor, um, you know, reigniting your, those nerve endings. So so the more sex, orgasms you have, the better it is for your physical health down there as well, but also your mental health, you know, from the point of view, sleeping, dopamine, all of those aspects. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, If you... Um, if we just put testosterone testosterone on the shelf for a second, what other ways can you physically support your vaginal health? vaginal estrogen
1: health? vaginal right. estrogen or, or you know vulvo vaginal estrogen um, almost you know we should be posted you know a bounty pack of you know sort of vaginal estrogens you know when we turn forty along with vaginal moisturizers lubricants you know um, all of these things can really help and a sex toy yeah so a little pack I mean I don't know if in New Zealand you get these but you know I remember when I had my daughter you get given these bounty packs with like nappies and pseudocrem and I don't know you know so useful things for when you become a mum here you are these, these are useful things for when you enter into your 40s and you may not need them all at the beginning but you know there you go a little useful rescue pack
0: Oh my gosh, I think you're actually onto something. We should actually I know, I'm working on
1: it actually. Oh,
0: okay, this is perfect. So um, I will be supporting the bounty pack for the perimenopause woman, everything that they need to keep their mojo, right? Yeah, okay. Love it. I was like, somebody has to do this. (laughs) Um, Because like right now through, well, I don't know, through social media, I do see a lot of uh, promotion of sex toys and the embracing Mm. of- woman understanding that um, vaginal health orgasms and the physical and mental benefits of those are vital for you know healthy aging and and longevity so I think it's really cool that you know things are sort of taken that direction that we can have these open conversations about it absolutely yeah yeah so um, under what situations would a woman um, be a good candidate for testosterone
1: so you know, like yourself, you've started on your estrogen and your progesterone. You know, it, it, it's helping to support you. Um, you're feeling good on it, energy. But you just feel that maybe there's something lacking, and you you know you're you've, you're having a you know your your added exercise in Your lifestyle's good. Your diet. You know, you're not smoking. You're not you know or you're you're not drinking too much. You know, so you've got sort of a good lifestyle going on. And, you know, I'm not one of those doctors who is so restrictive, you know, it's about enjoying life. So, you know, you know, but so you're doing all the things that you can, you're a healthy body weight, um, your estrogen and progesterone hormones are optimal for you. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet it just feels like, you know, your brain's not quite as sharp, you know, you just don't feel like, you know, that your mojo is quite there. Um, and you just feel that you're fine. But but you you know you, you you're fine is what I'm gonna say. <laughs>
0: okay, you know you're fine. Yeah,
1: but but we could do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 that's what it is, you know. And and some women love to be just fine. Okay, and that's why I'm saying there shouldn't be pressure on those women. You know, not everybody wants to be having sex five times a week or ten times a week. Some women like where they are. Some women have never had high sex drives. But you know, if you are feeling maybe that you're just fine. But that your memory's still not quite like it, it. Just feels like there's something missing. Missing the the cherry on the cake for you, kind of thing, Tracy. You've got the icing. I've got the icing. You know, <laughs> that cherry. Yeah. You've yeah. Got the che- yeah. And 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 the main part of the cake, you know, you've got the diet, the lifestyle, you know, all of that kind of sorted. You've got your icing, but you feel that maybe that cherry's missing for you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's you've actually made me think about that. But um, I can say at this point today during this interview. Um, I am not going to be rushing off to get a prescription for that. Um, yeah, I just feel like okay, there might be a point coming up, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and that, that's that's important to recognise. Yeah, you know, it doesn't mean to
1: say if now is no that in the future it couldn't be yes. Look, you know, yeah. for me, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, I was one of those women who felt fine, you right. know, and 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 had had there been no testosterone in the world, you know, I would have just got on. Okay. But, but it didn't, I didn't quite feel like me, you know, right, um, Yeah. and, 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 and so, so for me, testosterone has been that sort of cherry on the cake or the missing piece of the jigsaw. Um, but if I had to choose a hormone, you know, if I could only have one hormone safely, that is, you know, it would be estrogen because yeah. that is the one that is, I would say is the hero hormone. So I'm not saying we have to choose. I'm just trying to explain to you when you would add it in and your body needs to be estrogen replete, you know, for the testosterone to work well, because, you know, going back to the beginning of this, you know, when I said that testosterone converts to estrogen, if you've not got enough estrogen in your body and you add estrogen in, then it's going to go, voom, you know, yeah. and you're going to miss out on the effect of testosterone because it's converting to estrogen.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Really important. So there's a massive um, resurgence. Well, it's not a resurgence. It's actually conversations that really opening up in the UK. And I can see sitting down here in the bottom of the world. <laughs> um, we're actually getting some really good traction as well. But we sort of use the UK as a bit of a benchmark of how much further can we move the needle. So my question for you, just to wrap up our Awesome conversation today. Um, from your perspective, what is the most important issue that would need to be addressed to shift the needle for midlife women's healthcare in the UK?
1: Oh, so so I think I think first just recognizing that you know midlife is not end of life, you know, and and that there's no way you're putting the midlife woman in the corner. I think you know it is about gender health equality, and um, you know I think we've still got a way to go when it comes to that. It almost should be that women are offered HRT and then told that maybe it's not suitable for them rather than women having to bang on the door to sort of say I think I need this and including testosterone as well you know if that's you know if if they need that I think that it just feels still like it's an uphill struggle for women to get what they need and want and to have a more of this sort of holistic approach you know it's not just HRT is not a band-aid yeah um, that they women should just be given it you know, things like weight need to be addressed and, you know, women, weight, mood, health, you know, long term health is really important. So so I think I think it's addressing it, the mental, the physical, the weight aspects, you know, and 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 HRT shouldn't be such an uphill battle for women and realizing that, you know, midlife like 40 is not end of life there's a you know there are a lot more expectations on women and we need to support women on this next 40 50 years of their life
0: yeah yeah I think it's uh it's it's definitely women are definitely coming out and uh making their voices heard and the posters are up and the billboards are up so there's some really really cool stuff going on in the UK and I'm excited and hope that it filters its way down towards New Zealand um but I think it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. We've just got people like us that want to have a conversation around all the things, right? Not leave anything out. Um, and that's important. So thank you for sharing me, sharing with me today um, on Sexy Aging.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And I just want to do a quick plug for my book, The Perimenopause Solution, which yes! is out, <laughs> and out there in Amazon. And it gives you a step-by-step guide to how to use your sex toy as well.
0: Oh my God. That's awesome. I'm going to post about that. Um, I've interviewed two other authors this week. So let me put that into the authors collective for the oh. menopause and perimenopause books. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks a lot. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest, I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, keep it sexy.